to me. Oh, oh. Welcome to Movie Left, a Move Left Idiots podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? I am uh, mad for transportation-related reasons, uh, and I won't go into it, but uh, not a great day. (laughs) So uh, hopefully this will be a sweet release. Yeah. Well, yeah, so uh, we uh, called a bit of an audible. We were going to do a, we were going to cover uh, Michael Moore's new documentary, Fahrenheit 11.9, which we'll still probably end up doing this month. But uh, we both ended up uh, getting a chance to see uh, the movie we're covering today, and we figured we should kind of put it to the front of the queue because uh, it's very relevant uh, to a lot of what's going on today in a lot of ways, which we'll get into. So, uh, of course, as you can tell by the title, we will be covering the 2018 Adam McKay-directed film, Vice. We say? I want you to be my VP. I want you. You're my vice. Well, George, I, uh, I'm a CEO of a large company. And I have been Secretary of Defense. And I have been White House Chief of Staff. The Vice Presidency is a mostly symbolic job. Uh-huh. However, if we came to a uh, different understanding i can handle the more mundane jobs overseeing bureaucracy military energy and uh foreign policy yeah right i like that when you have power people will always try to take it from you always are you even more ruthless than you used to be? So we gonna do this thing or what? I mean, is this happening? I believe we can make this work. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> so what I love about listening to the trailer, not being able to see it, is you you notice things like uh, he's sort of using the the Batman voice as as dick cheney so when he says i'm the ceo of a very large company i, I immediately think oh wayne enterprises that's that's your <laughs> that's what the ceo well, that, of. That was the trick to his batman voice is i just pretended to be like a geriatric fuck who's like on the verge of death at all times like that's how he got I, that uh, out. 
Like, hey, Christopher Nolan, what if the Batman voice sounds like Dick Cheney? What if we do that? That's the, yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, that, uh, you know, I actually, I, I liked listening to it better than not seeing it, like without seeing it, because you, I, I, the, my one kind of not issue with the movie, but one thing that like about the movie that was a little hard for me was that a lot of the characters didn't really look much like the person they were playing. But they did a great job of um, embodying the person there. Like, like Steve Carell looks nothing like Donald Rumsfeld. I thought I he was. Yeah, I think he looked a little bit like him. Y- younger like Rumsfeld, little. definitely. Yeah. Um, but, but he did like a spot on job of portraying him. You know, like the way, the way his mannerisms. And shit. Yeah. The weird thing is, I don't see him that different. I didn't see like he was doing that much different than regular Steve Carell. It was just kind of like, oh, D- Donald Rumsfeld and Steve Carell have similar mannerisms already <laughs> that we just didn't really notice right um yeah it was i don't really need people to look exactly like who they look like in real life that's not important to me the the portrayal is what matters um but there's just i didn't really plan on liking this this much you know i thought like what do we need to see this guy more of this guy for like we know how awful he is my concern was when you watch the trailer and it's all like you know, fun disco party music. I'm like, they're just gonna, it's like vice news version of vice president. Like it just, it seemed a little too sexed up. Right. And you get into this movie and realize it is such a fucking indictment uh, of what that guy did, what all those fucking war criminals did on what they got away with. And I think it's really important right now because you have liberals trying to reform or rehabilitate George Bush. Um, you know, Michelle Obama hugging him every chance she gets. Uh, he's giving her candy and all this bullshit. Uh, he, Bush can go on Ellen and, you know, everyone loves him. And it's like, these people are fucking murderers. What are you talking about? So to, to have a film that really reminds you, they lied to us into a war. They got a million people killed. Uh, they torture people on a whim. And there's still, you know, hundreds of people indefinitely in prison uh, who had nothing to do with terrorism. That's their legacy. Right. And to remind people of that, I think, was really important. And that film, this film does what I would imagine liberals back in the 2000s would have appreciated and have quickly forgotten and now desperately need to be reminded of that right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they even tried to rehabilitate Dick Cheney at one point, I remember, because he said something that was fairly anti-Trump. I mean, the, there's just no fucking shame in the in the corporate media. It's unbelievable the, the, the lengths that they will go to to coddle up to right wingers just so they can pretend that they're neutral because they think that they're far left, even though we all know that they're, you know, moderate Republicans, basically. Um, but yeah, so. I was very pleasantly surprised by this movie because it got a lot of bad reviews. And I think that the reason it got a lot of bad reviews is that it subtly, it it seemed like the whole movie was a subtle message to those types of liberals. We were just, you, you, you mentioned uh, of like, Hey, you fucking idiots. Do you remember what these people did? They're arguably way worse than Trump's guy. Like as bad as Trump's cabinet is and his fucking like clan these guys were both insidious and evil and also uh, really a very effective. effective. Like, yeah. So it, it's, I, I really think like a, a lot of people didn't like confronting that time period again because they're, they, they look at it with these rose colored glasses now because they're dying to to legitimize George Bush for some fucking reason. Like, I can't 
I, I, I really can't wrap my head around it. Right. Well, it's, you know, it, they, uh, the, the memory of people is very short when all they do is watch corporate media, right? Like they're told what to think and what not to think. Uh, and the things they don't want to remember, the things they haven't been told about at all, right? So that, that sort of liberal amnesia is uh, rampant. Um, but it's, it's what was so compelling was that Dick Cheney is such a boring you know, guy, he's just monotone. And they, from the right from the start, they're like, you know, once the narration starts, you can tell that they're not going to be very kind to him, right? Yeah. Nor, nor should they be. But when it's the, when you see him make a decision about something and then it smash cuts to a rapid montage of, of, you know, torture and death and explosions, it's so assaulting on your senses. You're like, oh, yes, he's this calm, you know, never off his edge guy, but here's the, the fucking carnage he's creating. And it just assaults you and hits you over and over and over different moments throughout the film. Well, and, and that's that, that adage that we always say, like, you know, uh, the U S media will show you, uh, you know, missiles and bombs taking off. And then Al Jazeera would show you where the bombs landed. And this movie exactly. actually does that in a lot, in a couple instances where they show like a village, and these people just going about their day and a bomb just coming in a bl- like it really it, it was a lot more uh it had a lot more teeth than i thought it would based on like you said the marketing i figured it would kind of be like a farcical which was my concern with it kind of a farcical portrayal yeah uh, which i th- i think like bush to an extent was or w uh the oliver stone movie in 08 right but i i enjoyed it but i feel like it it, it humanized bush too much that movie and i and i really compare it with this because i think the beauty of this movie is that there is fucking nothing humanizing about bale's portrayal of dick cheney and even when he's in the most vulnerable state in the movie where where he's like after he had his fucking heart attack and he was waiting on a heart transplant and he's in bed and he's like can't breathe and talking to his daughter and grandchildren i'm still like fuck this fucking guy like he he plays him just so uh dryly and soullessly and with no fucking yeah. redeeming qualities whatsoever which is really to Bell's credit to find that and not try to find the human in this character to just portray him right. in the way and the closest he, he gets to, to to human he's like a couple moments where he's like uh, I don't hate my daughter <laughs> you know yeah, really. I actually love my daughter somewhat you know uh, yeah it, it's just it's who he really was. He's a psychopath. You know, he didn't have any ideology. He just wanted the power. Right. And, you know, he's head of one of the largest corporations on the planet who made billions in contracts from the war. I mean, he doesn't care about the onward Christian soldier bullshit of fighting Muslims. It was just an opportunist. You know, it's like, here's just a way I can make more money, but I have to actually be in charge. Right. I'm not going to be a, a, a figurehead, VP, I'm going to actually run the show. And, I, you know, we all know there's nothing in this movie I didn't know. There was no revelation for me other than a little bit about his personal life. But, um, yeah, and then, yeah, there, there's definitely stuff or just the, the order of events, you know, because you kind of forget sure. when things happened. But just show so well, this movie shows the consequences. And, you know, even the, the scene where the, he's talking about, you know, Rumsfeld's talking about what we're gonna, you know, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go in and we're gonna drop thousands of tons of bombs on Cambodia, and no one's gonna know about it, and 
um, thousands of people are going to die and uh, it could be good. It could be bad, but the direction of the world will change. And that's what we do is we change the direction of the world. And they flash to this, you know, Vietnamese or Cambodian girl feeding a, a leaf to a cow, right? Totally mm -hmm. peaceful. And then it just, you know, gets carpet bombed. And he's thinking about that. Dick Cheney's thinking about that. They show that he's thinking about that. And he just kind of shrugs. And you're like, okay, that's fine. I'm cool with that. You know, completely mm -hmm. indifferent. They know what they're doing. They know they're going to kill all these innocent people and they don't care. Yeah. And and that's really what came across, uh, I think, the best in this movie in terms of, of, of just really uh, driving that home. I mean, yeah. It, I, the one kind of funny thing about this movie is that they made it seem like Kissinger was less than the fucking oh, yeah. <laughs> Kissinger comes is. off looking good in this movie. <laughs> Which I was like, man, is Rumsfeld really worse than Kissinger? I like, I, 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 maybe I just didn't pick that up because of his goofy fucking persona, but yeah that's yeah that's crazy if well, that's true the, the scene where he's like uh kissinger's trying to make nice with the chinese we're not gonna let that <laughs> fucking happen are we and he's like nope uh so yeah that's just fucking real man opposed to any diplomacy whatsoever yeah um it, yeah and the thing is like i thought that they were gonna try to humanize cheney to make him watchable right because it's really hard to watch somebody who's evil you know, you look at someone like Hans Gruber as a villain and it's like they got to make him interesting enough that you don't hate him. Um, they had to make him not be a terrorist, but to actually be a romper because they thought if he was a terrorist, you'd hate him too much. Right. And I was like, yeah. how are they going to make these characters compelling if they are so evil? And it was really just because it's it's an expose. It's it's dark comedy, um, but it's still like you there. <laughs> it's such a like, look at how fucking bad they are. Uh, it it really does feel like a comedic Oliver Stone film. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was inter an interesting tone. I also thought the pacing in the movie was really interesting. It was it was almost kind of artsy in the way that it presented it. It was very nonlinear, uh, almost you know to a to a strange degree. Like it, it it wasn't like here's him now, here's some flashbacks, here's him now again at the end. Like, it was really all over the place. I don't know if no. you picked up on that, but... Oh, there's a great... There, there's a... Um, you know, I know a lot of film reviewers are white dudes, right? But I try to watch folks that uh, review stuff on YouTube that are not white and male. Uh, but there was just this, this woman. She's like... I think she's sort of right-wing in her political views, and she's reviewing the the thing. And the first thing she says is she didn't like all the comedy because this should have been like a real moving emotional uh, biopic the way that uh, Steven Spielberg's Lincoln was with Daniel Day-Lewis. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> who, do you, who do you think Dick Cheney is? Like, what the fuck? And I, I stopped watching after that. This, this should have been closer to like Dr. Strangelove, if anything. I mean, Jesus <laughs> No, exactly. Christ. Exactly. Uh, very, um, very reminiscent of that. Uh, by the way, did uh, Bale? So Bale, I believe, won Best Actor at the Golden Globes for Vice, and he, uh, in his acceptance speech, he said, "I want to uh, thank Satan for the uh, inspiration to play this character." Oh, yeah, and so of course, uh, Dick Cheney's daughter's fucking all oh, over fuck media it. now, just like you made made my daddy look bad. It's like, no, he didn't. The fucking war he waged made him look bad. You piece of shit, spoiled fucking kid. Yeah, so I, she might be. I, I, I didn't think I could loathe anyone worse than Megan McCain, but she might be the worst of all the fucking GOP, like, you know, know nothing fucking step of daughters. daughters. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's close. Cause now she's a Senator, I believe or a representative. So, um, 
yeah, she's a fucking moron. Although uh, Bernie fucking destroyed her uh, the other day. On oh, Twitter. no, I she's, saw that interaction was great. I actually have the quote. I have it pulled up here. It's, I just want to read for not that it's really relevant to the movie, but it's just so funny because uh, she in her uh, in her swearing in or whatever, she out of apropos of nothing was like, well, I'm I'm sent. To, I was sent to Congress to combat the fraud of social some fucking nonsense about you know the fraud <laughs> yeah. of socialism right. so bernie who's not even trying to pretend he's he doesn't you know he's not a socialist anymore which i love and i think that has a lot to do with aoc pushing him in terms of his verbiage uh he says uh representative liz cheney daughter of dick cheney yesterday attacked the quote fraud of socialism Really? I wasn't aware that it was socialism that lied about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and got us into a horrific war that we should have never started. So she was real fucking butthurt about that. Uh, on Twitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then she went after uh, she made a comment about uh, Bernie Sanders father uh, who fled yeah, the like, Holocaust. Son of Eli Sanders. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah uh, he was a like what a, he was like a fucking tailor or a house painter or something like that. Like he's not a war criminal lady. You fucking moron. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like your piece of shit fucking father who should be rotting in a fucking jail cell right now. It's yeah, she's a piece of shit. And this movie actually showed uh, what a piece of shit she was because it, you know, brought up the fact that uh, one of Cheney's daughters, not Liz, I, the other daughter, and I forget her name, uh, is actually a lesbian, which is why Cheney actually had a remotely humane uh, view on gay marriage, or at mm-hmm. least you know. For 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 his cr- like crew, it was fairly you know moderate. Right. Yeah, and that was um, his one condition with Bush in the scene in the movie is that you know this is a, a line in concrete where you can say whatever you want, but like I'm not going to support going after gay people with any actual legislation. And of course, Bush is like, all right, well, we'll uh, you know just uh, want to watch out for all the little Marys of the world. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, it was Mary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you did but get Bush like doesn't a, give a fuck about ideology. No, either. of course, like, he don't give a fuck. I mean, you talk about lesbians with guys like that, and they're like, oh, that's not gay. That's just porn. Like that's all they think <laughs> yeah, it <don't> is. <laughs> is two women in love is just porn for them, right? Um, but I love this it's scene where uh, where the the daughter comes out at the hospital right and the uh-huh, yeah. and the mother <laughs> is like this will just make things very hard for you <laughs> it's like she's like can't even think of her daughter in that moment she's only thinking of herself in pol- politics you know i want to get to lynn cheney yeah also after this yeah, yeah. but um so yeah it, it just i i found her the portrayal of liz really uh accurate and the fact that she uh, totally fucking sold out her sister like when she ran for congress um you know oh, in that yeah. interview that she which you know i just fucking disgusting i think somebody actually asked uh mary about that like last year and she's like i, I don't want to talk about it like she still fucking can't stand her piece of shit sister and i don't blame her yeah um yeah. But yeah, I mean, how just, oh God. Um, but I, I do find it funny that that's like the, the, you know, the most stereotypical Republican thing uh, on the planet is that we always say, you know, they can't uh, sympathize with anybody. They they can only empathize. They can only, if, if they've experienced it themselves. Right. Only, if Dick Cheney didn't you know, have a, a lesbian daughter, he would not give any fucks about any gay person no. anywhere. Right. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, that was, you know, that was another kind of moment of pseudo humanity, but you still never, 
I, there's just nothing warm about his portrayal. And I think that's really to Bale's credit. So I'm glad he did win uh, some recognition for that. Uh, Lynn Cheney plays a big role in the film. And I think that that's uh, good because I think a lot of people let her off the hook and think of her as just, you know, a, a Laura Bush type who just kind of didn't have much of an involvement in the politics end. And she is a fucking you know if you know anything about the cheney family she's in a, a, a bit of a mastermind and really fucking ruthless uh, you know almost as ruthless as her husband i would say mm-hmm. uh and she she really uh that that came across in her portrayal in this in this movie so i love the uh, scene where uh, you know he's he's he tells her that he's been asked to be vp and uh-huh. uh she's like who for jeb and he's like no for George. she's like oh that's right i forgot he's the one that's running it's like they, they think so little of him they they almost got excited it was it was jeb uh but it wasn't jeb so please clap um <laughs> but no yeah so uh i yeah i thought that was great it, it so many things in this movie i forgot happened like the fact that just just to be a vindictive fuck, he burned the identity of an undercover CIA agent who was dating a New York Times reporter who was writing bad shit about the mm-hmm. about the Bush administration. Oh yeah, which is an act of treason. That's an act yeah. of treason. <laughs> Literally is. I mean, not that they would ever give a shit. You know, they don't care. That's that's the one thing is they he Dick Cheney seems somewhat dismayed when nine eleven happens, and I you know still firmly believe that uh, if anyone knew when it was going to happen he would know when it was going to happen right like when they mm-hmm. had stood down and like let these guys into the country like they you know they monitor everything even back then they fucking monitored everything there's no way they didn't know all i'm not saying there weren't really terrorists obviously but there's no way no. they didn't know something was coming and probably had a very good idea about uh, at least within a couple of days when it was going to take place yeah, I mean, I used to be like the firmly in the like, no, it, it was just they had no idea, like they're idiots, but they had no idea or they didn't. But I mean, the more I think about it, it's it's possible that like, I don't think, of course, I don't think they were working with them to arrange it, but I, no, it's very you, you possible didn't need that. To. I mean, there are that clearly Cheney, there's, there's actually terrorists, but they let him yeah. into the country, you know, like yeah. that they got approval to come here. Cheney is enough of a maniac and a, and a and a soulless like piece of garbage that I would not put it past him at all to say, well, you know, let him in the country and see what happens. Uh, like, I, I'm totally fine with uh, letting something horrific happen if it means that I can push for the yeah. uh, types of policies I want to push for because it's going to enrich me and all of my uh, friends at Halliburton, and, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's two. Um, I mean, there's still a couple. There's technical details about that day that i have huge questions about like how untrained pilots could fly those jets that low to the ground that fast and mm. hit their target because i mean that they can fly 600 miles an hour way up high where the air is thin flying that low there'd be so much turbulence at that speed that like barely anyone could fly a plane like that so i don't know little things like that where i'm just kind of like eh, i mean it happened it did happen but were they really flying the planes? Was something else just, you know, like who knows? I don't know. Too many who questions. Who fucking knows? Yeah. I don't know. But um, certainly he, the, he, he took advantage of it. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing was those, those maps that they show in the film of carving up Iraq and for different, you know, different corporations, those were all drawn up years before they were, this was like, they were going into Iraq no matter what they were going to find a reason. This just happened to be the best thing they could have ever hoped for. 
Well, so, and it's funny because, you know, we, we've talked on the podcast before about General Wesley Clark talking about in the, in the immediate aftermath of 9-11 going into the DOD and them telling him like, hey, we're going to attack Iraq, you know, and him saying like, well, they didn't attack us. Why are we going to Iraq? And the other guy at the DOD was like, I don't know. And he's like, it's not just Iraq. It's these eight countries. And they had this list drawn up. And there's no way that list didn't exist pre Dick Cheney getting into the like he he hit him and right. whoever else was involved Bolton all those guys had that drafted up and they're like how are we going to manufacture consent to right. uh, but this do is, regime but they were totally countries. totally open and public about it Paul Wolfowitz all these guys that founded the project for the new American century uh, which they, they don't mention that in the film but they started writing open letters to Bill Clinton saying he needed to invade Iraq uh, back in the early, in the mid nineties, they started doing this and they were totally open about it. They were like, okay, well, if you don't do it, we're going to get somebody into power who will, you know, and they, they, they didn't see any reason to hide it. You know, they were just like, this is what we should do. We have a military. Why wouldn't we do this? It's, it should be our oil. We should control that market. Um, and you know, screw the Arabs. Right. And they yeah. didn't have any qualms about that. And, you know, and then even the scene where, they're, um, you know, Tyler Perry's like, well, why would we invade there? They haven't done anything. They're like, shut up, Tyler Perry. This is what we do. This oh, fuck. <laughs> was that Tyler Perry? That was. I did, that, I did not even see, realize that. See, Tyler Perry is so good at making you not realize you're looking at Tyler Perry. <laughs> <laughs> no, now that you think, because I, I was looking, I remember looking at Colin Powell. I was like, oh, that face looks familiar. I couldn't, I couldn't right? quite place it, though. He's a yeah, master of disguise. <laughs> oh man that yeah that was uh, there there was yeah a lot of good good uh, good portrayals uh in the movie in in terms of things i but i love like they took word for word certain uh uh meetings like closed door meetings that we were told about like we were given quotes from yeah uh and and recreated them because there were a lot of those that that like you just can't believe but when you actually see it uh you know taking place in real time you're like oh yeah no these people are fucking maniacs like i i just can't wrap my head around some of the shit that fucking rove said and rumsfeld said like just with no you know just no qualms about just just what fucking evil motherfuckers they are and then the the liberals want to say these guys are moral and decent and they're like well trump just he's totally different he just he says things that no one else ever would say and it's like are you kidding Dick Cheney with his go fuck yourself come out like all the all the hand wringing over uh, Rashida Tlaib calling Trump a motherfucker and Dick Cheney was calling telling people to go fuck themselves to their face on the Senate floor. So, yeah, it's just it's the, the the double standard is absurd. Yeah, and we'll talk about that on the main show, too, this week, because I wanted to because we talked a little bit about it last week on the cast, but a lot of um, uh, a lot of the aftermath happened after we recorded uh, and, and you know, idiot liberals going on TV to condemn her. So I want to talk about that on the main show. But yeah, yeah we'll talk about it, it. Suffice suffice to say it's it's, of course, preposterous. Dick Cheney was one of the most, uh, you know, foul mouthed both in words and in actions. I mean, I, you know, uh, arguably uh, words are, you know, nothing. The, the fact that he was so uh, eager to just wantonly uh wreak havoc on millions of innocent civilians uh right. with just no concern whatsoever well it always way more reminds me of the the end of apocalypse now where marlon brando's reading out of his diary to uh martin sheen just sort of like delusional it sounds like delusional ranting but if you actually listen to what he's saying it makes a lot of sense and he's like you know we're we're carpet bombing civilians and that's fine but if but we'll but the 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 pilots will get in trouble if they write the word fuck on the side of the bomb 
you know, and it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, why is that? So this, this this idea that our you know soldiers are somehow moral, or these these people sending them off there are somehow moral as long as they don't say bad you know potty language. It's just like come the fuck on, you're just you're insane. Well, you know, and and this and that's just the the the. Cons- the conservatism in our society that we just accept as general like consensus like you can't say fuck or shit or barely you know sometimes even ass on tv but they can show people getting fucking shot they can show people's you know heads being blown up like they could show all this shit that that you know is considered fine like you can get a pg-13 rating for a movie you know, killing a hundred people. But if you say fuck two times, that's an automatic R rating. It's right. just preposterous. Like, oh, hey, yeah. yeah. And- you look at the commercials they have in Europe where they have like X-rated fucking on TV commercials. And, <laughs> and you go, why, why are we the most violent country? Why are we constantly having fucking mass shootings in this country? It's because we don't let people fuck on, on TV. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, you can yeah. show all the death and destruction you want, but you can't show making love. Well, I mean, and, you know, anyone knows that, like, if you had a friend that went to Catholic school where it was like an all boys or an all girls school, the more you repress people, the more manic and psychotic that they act like behind the scenes or like when they have the chance to. Uh, It's just human nature. When you tell people not to do something, they're going to do it 10 times as much. And as a society, when we accepted that these arcane bullshit rules of civility, uh, both in language and just in general uh, tone that we that we communicate with each other in regards to politics, you you create these fucking monsters behind the scenes uh, who who just do horrific things and and a society that's totally open and accepting of of mass violence and and murder and death like all these wars we're in where we just don't even think about it. And I feel like if maybe if we were just like able to say fucking shit and talk honestly on TV about the horrible things that we do, maybe our society wouldn't be so uh, comfortable with the fact that we're bombing oh, eight countries that we know of right now. Y- like, even, you know, y- you, know you, you see this language policing on the right and the left where I saw this thing today. They were talking about Bolsonaro going into the, the Amazon rainforest because they want more Tim. They want more clear cutting so they can have more cattle to sell more beef to Westerners. And of course they're going to wipe out the, you know, indigenous tribes that are there in the process. And there was some article that used the word extinct. Like he might wipe them all, all out and they would become extinct. And all these fucking SJWs were like, they're not animals. They're people. You don't use the word extinct. Oh, Jesus for fucking people. Christ. Really? And I, was, I was just like, what the fuck? What a stupid fucking thing. And I commented, I was like, you know what? When, when the entire world is wiped out and we all go extinct because we couldn't stop eating beef and cutting down the forests and, and fishing the oceans to death, no one's going to give a shit what word you use to describe the atrocities. Right. So immediately they yeah. said, oh, nice. All lives matter comment. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> What the fuck is just idiots? Just the the people that that want to divide the left with these bullshit word games over just they didn't use the the proper jargon that they've all decided on. And, and by the way, that jargon change on changes on a weekly basis. Anyhow, it's just it's like that kind of shit disrupts mass movement building when you're trying to actually solve real problems and nobody wants to come back because you've got some idiot in the room that just wants to disrupt over like, Oh, you didn't use the right word. It wasn't that you didn't weren't perfect enough. You know? It, it's- yeah. And, and it's like fucking Bolsonaro is a fucking like proto fascist. Like he, he aspires to be like one of history's most notorious fascists. Like he's very nice. open about that. And, and we're, and we're, and we're act and we're fucking, 
uh, nuance trolling about the, the 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 term that the article written exactly. about is. If you're worried about ethnic the, cleansing was used if for you're worried you know? about the the rainforest getting wiped out, uh, maybe stop contributing to the industries like the fucking beef industry that's causing all the deforestation in the Amazon in the first place. Fucking little SJW shitheads. Oh God. Um, yeah, but vice. Um, so, uh, we're in the ballpark still. yeah, no, we're in the ballpark. It's all, it's all relative. Um, all relevant too. Uh, but oh. yeah, so I, what were you gonna say? Oh, well just, I mean, that, that's what the film does really well. Um, like with I, Tanya is it's a sat- satirical critique of the media more than anything. And it makes lots of topical references where you're like, Oh, this was the very start of the 24 hour news cycle. And they need stuff so you get tabloid elevated to the point of legitimacy, right? So it's very poignant in that. Yeah. And this film does that very well, too. Uh, you know, and connecting people to those events who are active in politics today. One of the montages uh, is, you know, where they're talking about all the lies that were told, you know, focus grouped lies. The, uh, oh, you know, yeah. Uh, like, hey, what do you think? Especially like where they're like, I know global warming sounds scary, but what if we said climate change and the focus group's like, oh, that's not scary at all. And now you've got liberals <laughs> that capitulate on that and are like, oh, don't say global warming because then they'll they'll make fun of us if it snows. And it's like, you fucking idiot. You let the climate deniers control the terms of debate. No wonder you're not winning on this issue. Um, but the, the, one of the montages where they show all the politicians lying about WMDs in Iraq and they, the two they show back to back are Mike Pence and Hillary Clinton, both fucking lying into us into that fucking war. Yeah. Well, and, and I suspect that the media critique um, is the reason that critics fucking hated it because they, anyone in the media in any capacity fucking hates being told how complicit they were because they know it deep down, but they hate being reminded of it. And you see it all the time. Uh, when anyone challenges the media on cable news from the left, I mean, you, you, we saw remember that video of Jank speaking at that press like gathering where like he he like this idiot, absolute idiot was just like, well, I don't think the press has a bias at all. If anything, we have oh. a, a liberal bias. It's, like they, it, yeah. they're just so fucking Ridiculous. clueless. But at the same time, they know it deep down. So they have to defend it to themselves. Right. Well, it's it's like, you know, they've gone into their editor's office with a story they think is going to be perfect. And the editor goes, nah. No, we're not going to run that. And they eventually have to rationalize why they're in that industry and why they put up with that bullshit. So, of course, they're going to, you know, Stockholm Syndrome defend the, the people that own those newspapers and own those networks uh, for the coverage they, they're forced to put out there. They have to because that's how they continue going to work every day without losing their fucking minds. Well, blowing their fucking brains out. But, and that's, I mean, the, the and the movie did a good job of showing just how complicit they were in pushing the dick cheney uh weapons of mass destruction narrative and i it just reminded me of that that clip i i think i sent you a while back which was a really old young turks clip uh of jank talking about uh how 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 fucking awful the media was in the lead up to iraq and how uh you know two years after the invasion of iraq something like 70 percent of the country still thought that iraq has had weapons of mass destruction and that is just an utter failure of the news media that is that is that is a just gross dereliction of their duty to the point where it's like your 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 dereliction of duty and your fucking bullshit trying to be neutral neutral cost the caused the deaths of roughly a million if not two million civilians 
in well, Iraq. Like that, that, that those that blood is on their fucking hands sure. for helping push this narrative. It's it's huge ratings for them. The start of a war is huge ratings, right? And then as soon as it doesn't turn out the way they want it to, they will just ignore it, right? Because they don't want to look bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. But yeah, it's or all pretend just, they didn't have anything to do with it. it. What was it? Fucking Brian Williams. We see the guy that was, you know, had his huge poetic erection for the bombs taken yeah. off. Uh, the yeah. beauty of our missiles. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I remember the news coverage back when the Iraq war started. It was all like, here's here's the the profile breakdown of all the planes and bombs. It's like you have all these graphics of all the you know, this shit's in the newspaper. Like what? This is just war porn. Yeah, I really think that like if you could show uh, in the media or in whatever, uh, just a picture of of a pile of the bodies that we created in Iraq, which is a war that was started on false pretenses and uh, cheerleaded by the mainstream media of both the quote unquote left and the right, it, that would really fucking like I, I don't think that they'd be able to to overcome something like that like no, if you no, like if not. they had any any idea the scope of the fucking death and destruction that they caught i mean and this movie actually showed a, a little bit of like the pre pre bombing kind of it I, I think that there's a real concerted effort in the media to paint the middle east as this uh, like like basically it's fucking aladdin like you're walking around in like open mar like markets like and everyone's living in fucking huts with like no windows just like you know window holes and like no these oh, people live in fucking yeah. cities these cities are nicer than some of oh, our cities every, in, in america every movie where you have the establishing shot the helicopter shot coming in over the the arabian city and it's like the sun's super low on the horizon and you can hear like the the lone uh flute playing with the bongo drums and like every fucking track <laughs> and they're like the you know or the the you know the the call from the minarets every day like you hear that going off it's like that it's it's like the, all these audio cliches hollywood has where if you see a, a, a barnyard animal it has to be a cow has to be mooing if you see it a chicken has to be clucking if you, like no that sometimes they just you show something and it doesn't need to make the sound that that thing makes we're not fucking five years old but but i think in doing that and they do that you're right they do that for a reason to establish um because it because it's just people are trained to think like oh sand poorness you know uh goofy music it's the middle east no they live in like fucking cities like a lot of these cities look not too much different from um, our cities you know in america and i saw a recent clip uh i think democracy now ran it of palestine uh, uh talking about the fact that they don't have any clean water and how they're they're gonna be like they're gonna run out of clean water soon and uh in the clip it's still like it that they're walking like near these these like water treatment centers where there's just this brown water coming out but then they're just like these kids with backpacks walking to school like across crosswalks and it's like this is the fucking shit that we're that we have no problem supporting uh like a genocide of these people and and, and that's just I, I think people need to see more benign uh images from these yeah. countries that we're terrorizing because they have no idea how like us they are not that that should matter but you know but sadly it does in our society so i, I really think people of course need to see more of course of well we live in a really racist country right and yeah, yeah. you have someone like ben shapiro tweet things out like uh you know palestinians live in sewage so they're beneath my concern 
It's like uh, they're living Hashtag in settlements rock. Yeah, they're living in sewage because they're forced to by an occupying army and a giant fucking wall. You racist little piece of shit. This is why like someone like, you know, people that want to debate Ben Shapiro like Jenk that give him respect and say, oh, he's actually very thoughtful. It's like, no, he's not. He's just a little fucking racist. You know, he's the guy that yeah. shit his I mean, pants. He's a little shit stain. You know, he that shit his pants when pe- the New York Times referred to uh, Wakanda in Black Panther in, you know, as though it was in the present tense, right? As though it really existed. Mm-hmm. He tweeted about these like, it's not real. It's not a real place. He had a fucking tweet storm about Game of Thrones where he was like picking apart which generals and which tactics would be uh, actually advantageous. And like, and he talked about it all as though it was fucking real. So Game of Thrones fantasy world loves it it's real you show uh black actors portraying black superheroes and he loses his fucking mind he can't stand it right and people like that are elevated in this country as being legitimate and it's the same thing where you you can put dick cheney up there or george bush and like oh he he made a painting he's just like us it's like no he's not they're deeply racist sexist fucking psychopathic warmongers yeah, no, and, and there's just no humanity to them whatsoever. And that's what I really liked about this movie. And I think Adam McKay did a really great job of never allowing the movie to humanize any of them, Bush included. You know, Bush just comes across like the fucking hapless dickhead that he was. Uh, and Rockwell, I thought, was really good, even though I, I didn't think he looked anything like him. I think he really uh, he, he gave off the Bush vibe like I didn't, you know, yeah. it didn't take me out yeah. of it at all. Well, and I'm impressed with him because he's McKay's come from doing movies like uh Anchorman and Step Brothers which you know there's they're still funny but it's not this kind of comedy it's not smart comedy right uh yeah. to then go from that to doing like the what is the what was the the Wall Big Short Big Short which was great Big Short. not nearly as yeah. comedic but still like very much an exposé of look how fucking corrupt they really are you know and how everybody yeah. who paid attention did see this coming right uh, you hit you, you if you said you watched the stock markets and know the history of economics and didn't know it was coming, you're probably paid to lie about it, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> but that film, you know, again, like it didn't have that kind of humor. This film is from the moment you hear Meth Damon start narrating, you know what kind of movie this is going to be. It because it's gonna, he's the, the moral center of this film, and when they do things like flash a little graphic up on the screen where they describe what the um, the 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 political or uh, legal theory that the vice president has all the same powers as the president has no accountability to anyone. And they can flash that up on the screen as a title card and freeze frame on it. And, you know, a little like ding, you know, and it's like, you're going to be taught something. It's not preaching, but it's still um, the movie's there to tell you something very specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- this movie actually really makes me want to watch uh, succession, which is Adam McKay's show that he created on HBO. I think it's, it's about basically it's about like a, a Fox news type media empire. It's about like a family trying to vie for control of like a right wing media empire is like the, the old man's like dying or whatever. Yeah. But supposedly it's really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I Wait, old uh, man media empire. Yeah. So it's, it's uh fucking citizen Kane basically. Yeah, kind of, I guess. Everything is Citizen Kane. Every movie is actually just Citizen (laughs) Kane. I don't know why we pretend otherwise. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I really enjoyed a lot of little techniques in this movie. I I like the occasional fourth wall breaking. You mentioned before we went on the air about the bit at the end of the film after he's getting interviewed and he kind of turns to the camera 
And I think that the, and I actually have the quote here. I want to read it. Uh, the, the, the little monologue he gives at the end is such a great spot on analysis of what I really think that Dick Cheney thinks of himself. Yeah. Um, and, it, and, and that wasn't like a message to the audience of like, this is who Dick Cheney is. This was a, that was a message to me, at least that was a message of this is who Dick Cheney thinks he is. But obviously you've seen two hours of me showing you that that's not who he is. He's a fucking, you know, soulless, uh, emotionless piece of shit. But, um, well, I want to read the quote. Sure, oh, yeah, what yeah, you're gonna say. Uh, well, go ahead with that and then I'll, I'll continue. Okay. So yeah, and this is this is the monologue he gives at the end as he turns to the camera. He says, uh, I can feel your incriminations and your judgments, and I am fine with that. Uh, you want to be loved? Go be a movie star. The world is as you find it. Uh, you've got to deal with the reality that there are monsters in this world. We saw 3,000 innocent people burned to death by those monsters, yet you object when I refuse to kiss these monsters on the cheek and say, pretty please. You answer me this. What terrorist attack would you have let go forward so you wouldn't seem like a mean and nasty fella? I will not apologize for keeping your family safe, and I will not apologize for doing what needed to be done so that your loved ones could sleep peacefully at night. It's been my honor to be your servant. You chose me, uh, and I did what you asked. So I think that that's exactly what he thinks of himself. Oh, sure. Uh, sure. Which is which is hilarious because he could not give a fuck about keeping anyone's family safe. You did it for fucking money, dude. Like, we know you did it for money. You're not an course, ideologue. You're not well, like you did it for fucking money. He was part of. You don't care. You know, even as an intern for Rumsfeld, he was fine being the terrorist and bombing Cambodia and bombing Vietnam. Those are dropping bombs from miles up on civilians is an act of terrorism. Is it not? I mean, so, so the sure. idea that you're doing something to protect people, you're mass murdering people from miles above. There's no way to run away from a bomb drop from five miles up. It's you wouldn't hear it till it's too late. It, but you, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you, you hear the sounds of bombs, you know, <laughs> if it's falling right on you, you don't hear anything. It's just you're dead. There's nothing to run away from. You only hear it if it's far enough away that it's not going to hurt you, right? Um, it, yeah, so I, I did like that that fourth wall break. Um, I don't know if it's really technically breaking a fourth wall. He's talking to the camera, but he is in the middle of being interviewed. So it's almost more like he's just pissed off at the interviewer and looks right into the camera and says that. But uh, they didn't. They filmed that, but they weren't sure that was going to make it in the final cut. They weren't sure if it was going to feel right, and I'm, I'm kind of glad they did. But then there's the second fourth wall break that becomes almost like a <laughs> Michelle Gondry level of, of bizarreness where it that was just like the real life version of Twitter, basically. Right. Where it's suddenly it's it's mid credits. And uh, this is also one of the only movies that I can recall that um, the there's two credit scenes. There's that in the middle of the movie where he does like a good thing and they're all happy ever after in the credits roll. And you're <laughs> like, wait, what? And then he gets the call from Bush and it's like, here's the whole second half of the film now. Um, but in funny. the final, final credits, it stops and suddenly we're back in the focus group and the, the conservative guy's like, Hey, wait a minute. This is a liberal movie. And it's like, suddenly the focus group is self-aware that they are at themselves in a movie right now as we're watching them. And suddenly they don't, one of the guys doesn't like the politics of what he's just seen. So it's like this meta narrative. And then the, he gets in a fight with this other guy who's then like starts making references to Hillary and Trump. Right. So it's like, well, wait a minute, is this focus group in the, the late nineties, early two thousands, or is it right now? And it's just, it, goes on from there but just well, that such was, a weird moment and such a weird thing to throw in there but definitely sort of a, a nod to the audience's reaction at the same time as it's still going on 
Well, that's also, I think, a little bit of a callback to Adam McKay's roots because he is an absurdist uh, writer and director. Like he, yeah. he directed Step Brothers, which is one of my favorite fucking comedies of all time. Stupid as hell, but it's so fucking funny. Right. So he, yeah. I, I think he likes just just creating just insane situations uh, and finding the humor in it. And he couldn't do that in this movie because it was such a dour uh, subject matter and individual that he was, oh, you know, there was making a couple other about. moments. There's the moment where um, Meth Damon's narrating and says that uh, Dick Cheney has a bizarre way of convincing people to do anything, no matter how fucked up it is. And then he starts telling this thing to Kissinger, and it's clearly not the thing he's really saying. It's an absurd version of oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Talking about like the penis puppet show and jerking each other <laughs> off on the White House front lawn, and Kissinger's like, "Well, I do like puppets." <laughs> like, like so, yeah, there's definitely some great absurdities in the that they you know liberties they take i feel like that this film it does make me wonder that you know with i Tanya, they break that fourth wall several times in the film uh and and have some absurdity how much that film influenced this film yeah possibly i i think that that's that's kind of a new trend in in like some of the better biopics that have come out recently um but it, I, I, yeah, I, I thought it was done well. Yeah, and, and that was a good technique that he used. Um, overall, uh, what were your thoughts on the film? Like, you think it deserved? I think it certainly is better than than the critical uh, appraisal of it. And I think we we kind of touched on the reasons why it was given. Yeah, it, the, it's uh, these are kind of it got. you know you remember when Showgirls came out? How everyone thought it was terrible because they didn't understand it was satire, right? And they try to say it was a comedy. I'm, I'm, I'm a little too young to remember that, but yeah, yeah I'll take your well, word for it. Well, they didn't know how to market it, right? So they didn't know you uh-huh. could market something as satire. So they tried to make it look like a real, like, dramatic film, and it's not. Or like uh, Starship Troopers, another great sort of yeah, under-the-radar satire. Uh, I feel like this is this is that where people didn't know what to expect or how to receive it and didn't expect it to be this good of a satire, you know, and it is satire. It's, it's a satirical take on some very dark shit. Um, but yeah, it, it's again, the message the film's trying to push that we let this happen. We didn't hold these people accountable as, as, a, as the media or as a country, we have let these guys get away with it. Um, and I think they even talk about that in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that sort of meta narrative that this is on us, that we help create this guy and we let this guy fool us. I mean, I was fucking what? I don't even remember what. Whatever. Uh, what? 20, 18, somewhere around there when they took office and uh, stole it from Al Gore yeah. and started this war. And even I knew Iraq didn't have weapons of mass destruction. And I didn't. I wasn't on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I wasn't privy to <laughs> intel briefings, but I somehow fucking knew that that they didn't have any. Yeah, and you know, it's like have some common fucking sense. Like look shit up on the internet. Like has there, you know, like okay, it may existed then. Exactly. Um. So the the, yeah, the notion that like well we we were tricked in like seventy percent of us thought that uh, that Iraq did nine uh, eleven. Like, are you fucking a child? Are you insane? Like, do you, <laughs> the people that did that, we know their names and where they came from and where they trained and who is, who claim responsibility for it. And, it, you know, it was a bunch of fucking Saudis, right? It wasn't Afghanistan. It wasn't Iraq. Like, how hard is that to look up and know for yourself what your country is going to do in your name with your tax dollars to wipe out thousands, you know, millions of brown people? Wouldn't you behoove you to kind of like look up some of this shit? 
Yeah, I you know, I, I agree to an extent, but I do think that there was not uh, the level of media literacy that there is now amongst art like the younger yeah, generations yeah. i think this... i think that generation grew up in a subservient culture like uh, you know the people who were adults during that time period grew up with their parents who were completely subservient uh to whatever the establishment and the media told them so i i, I get what you're saying and the it, the info was there and a lot of people knew about it but at the same time before the internet was re- it was existed but before it was as prevalent as it is now and as open as it is now and you had people like donahue getting fired when he would uh speak out against the iraq war i i i don't i don't give people a pass for it but i think it it nowadays it's completely inexcusable back then it, it you could almost plead ignorance to the point where i'd be like well oh, it's it's do a, fucking better same but. thing with people that sign up for the military post vietnam you know it's like how do you not know better by this point, how do you not know they will yeah. fucking lie us into any any possible war they can get away with lying us into? They're going to lie us into it. Like we know better by now. There's no way that you can just not <laughs> takes a little bit of personal responsibility and look up shit when everyone on the news is, is telling you, uh, oh, this is a great idea. This war is going to be great. It's like, well, who owns those fucking news networks? Weapons manufacturers own those news networks. Right. It, it's it's not hard. You, the following the money. Yeah is not some giant fucking puzzle. It's just A to B. <laughs> yeah, well, especially now, it's, it's easier than ever. But I think, uh, actually, I think that most people know that now. And I think you, if you look at like the uh, support for pulling out of the war, the endless wars we're in, it's actually really high. It pulls something like 60 70% in some cases. And it's like, nobody wants to be in these endless wars like everyone knows they're fucking bullshit that we're just doing it for profit like nobody supports that there's no actual uh pop you know popular support for any of these actions anymore i mean look at all the boomers that watch fox news or msnbc both of the most pro cnn's not nearly as pro-war as msnbc is now it's like they're bringing oh the media sure yeah right but but i but i think that the, the american public at large has gotten a lot more has gotten wise to the to the act when it comes to endless war i think largely i don't know i, I think the media is not a good reflex reflection about where's the anti-war rallies then views. where's the anti-war rallies now that trump's president yeah. nowhere yeah i there's no energy for it i for sure i mean there's no energy to do anything about it but i think that the reason we're not in iran already because they would fucking get us into iran in a second i, I think that there's a little bit more awareness of of the game and the way it's played sure to the point where they, well, they have to be a lot more crafty with the, with the uh, iran has a has wars. a actual really high functioning military that's the other reason is, is the people that actually know what it takes to fight a war people in the pentagon know they would get their fucking asses kicked in iran and it would spin out of control uh and there were there would be i mean they know there's no support for it but it's still it's like iraq was like you know did not they were there was no real war there it's like bill hicks said a war is when you have two armies fighting each other <laughs> um yeah well no it's true but I, I i just you know i i'm it's concerning because there are people like john bolton who is the president's national security advisor who is a fucking ideologue and a maniac and who absolutely is trying to get us into war with iran um yeah. which as we were we've said a lot it will be disastrous so i uh, you know 
And I'm glad, weirdly, that as much of a fucking dummy as Trump is, his instinct is that, hey, that's a really bad fucking idea. Right. As dumb as he, you know. Well, and you know he wasn't his first pick, Bolton. You know, like, you know, Trump is like, yeah. eh, I'm down to Bolton. All right, whatever. He'll do it. <laughs> I'll take him, but he's got to shave that fucking mustache. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, it's as far as what the what the overall you know feelings on the film is definitely better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, is it yeah. the best film I've seen in the last year? I'm not sure. I I knew the year before exactly what my favorite film was. Far and away, um, there's been so many good things though. It's like every week there's another great film on Netflix, and you're like, holy shit, no one's ever done that before. <laughs> so it. I don't know. I feel like we've got a lot more good shit going on. So it's harder to stand out. Yeah. This film definitely stood out in a lot of good ways, mostly for what it was trying to say. Um, just the casting of of Jesse Plemons. Is that his name? Jesse Plemons? Yeah. That's right. Meth Damon. Yeah, yeah. Meth Damon. I'm just going to call him Meth Damon for all for all time. <laughs> uh, it was great because it showed that like he was actually a, a vet also. They had a couple little short videos there of him in the battlefield. And, and then for him to, you know, cause at the beginning he's like, uh, me and Dick are related in a way I'll, more on that later. And you're like, how are they related? <laughs> of course, as he's well, so jogging, he gets to get, I actually looked, did you look it up to well, see? I looked, accurate? Well, so he, so it's unknown who Dick Cheney got his heart from. But I think that that was a good, a good, a, as good of a guess as any. But what? But essentially, there's some real shadiness around Dick Cheney getting his heart because he was like seventy something at the time, and he was on a donor list with a bunch of other people who are much better candidates in terms of criteria. You know, young, right. healthier, things like that. So it was a very good chance he used some, I mean, shocker <laughs> that Dick Cheney would do something uh, nefarious to get, you know, put to the top of the list. Oh, like if they either like, yeah, pay some money. I just, I love the idea that like he, you know, the implication is that the narrator got knocked off by Dick Cheney for narrating that movie. <laughs> and that's how he got his heart retroactively. But it's, yeah, it's like this, no, that was, another that like funny. weird wrinkle in time, you know, where the movie is self-aware <laughs> and like time isn't really linear and you can just like Dick Cheney is trying traveling forward in time to kill this guy and get his heart to get it implanted in the, yeah. So uh, somebody said the worst thing about this film was the script was a screenplay. And I was like, are you kidding? This is the possibly the best thing. If, if I, if it doesn't win best original screenplay, I don't, I can't see anything else winning, right? This was the most, one of the most creative ways of telling a story like this that I've ever seen. Sure, yeah. Um it, it, just that like meta layer of commentary on top of commentary like that. Yeah. And I just can't help but feel uh the the more we even talk about it that the reason it got such bad reviews is because uh, a lot of liberal film critics really just don't like how serious the film was. Because I think that they do think of politics still as sport and as entertainment. And and the fact that mckay so so bluntly showed the actual human toll of dick cheney's actions and showed the actual uh men behind yeah, these actions torture and, and, and all, all their shit. ugliness yeah. uh really fucking bothers them to their core because it, 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 right. it breaks their fantasy well, of it being a horse race exactly they think it's like a boxing match where after after the bell rings you're supposed to go and shake hands with each other like no these people are fucking mass murderers they belong in the Hague. Yeah. These aren't people you shake hands with and hug and go dance with on Ellen. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. And, and, and I think that that 
bothers them most of all. And I was I was even arguing with a friend of mine from high school on Twitter today, and he was like basically uh and this is actually something i wanted to bring up in the movie um so basically you know uh, right now uh trump is trying to get funding for the border wall and it was rumored and it still might happen that he would declare a state of emergency uh to demand you know defense department of defense funds to build the wall which is a total fucking dictator move it's it's insane it would i it in any sane court wouldn't hold up, but he's got so many right-wing justices on the court, uh, thanks to Chuck Schumer, that it might actually hold he up. He might get another. And Ginsburg ain't been there all week. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, so, but, and 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 what and basically, I tweeted out, like, I retweeted somebody making a really good point. Basically, somebody said, like, hey, if Trump declares a state of emergency over the, over the, to build a border wall, uh, Bernie, when he gets in, should just declare a state of emergency over climate change and pass a bunch of Green New Deal legislation and go around Congress and just demand yeah. uh, DOD funds for it because it's an actual uh, threat to national security. <clears throat> if you if you really want to get technical, and I I think you could argue that way more than Trump's uh, claim. Well, court. he doesn't have support for it. Right. Like they push so hard to get Brett Kavanaugh on that court. They pulled out every fucking stop they could. And there's no support mm-hmm. for it right now. In fact, you've got more Republicans starting to say we've got to end this shutdown. Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're getting we're getting into Friday's episode. Well, already. Well, <laughs> well, no. But so I but so to, to bring it around, the, the reason I mentioned that is because I said like, yeah, no, that's a great fucking idea. Like that's absolutely and I'm fully in favor of using Republican tactics against them. And my friend was like, well, I don't want to be on the side of a team that uh, acts just as bad as them. Like if it means we're losing to them, then, you know, whatever, I'll, I, I'm willing to lose to them. And I'm like, it's not about fucking winning and losing. Like, and, and I, you know, it's a friend of mine, so I don't want to like scream at him, but I'm like, dude, it's not about winning and fucking losing. It's about our lives. Like climate change is a, a major crisis that, that we've done dick all to, to, to stymie and we're heading towards a cataclysmic fucking, uh, situation, no matter what we do, the least we can do is try to mitigate it a little bit and to act like it, it, it's extreme or it's like we shouldn't do things that that the because then the next republican administration might do it we don't have fucking time to even think about that we need to do everything we can right that. now what as if, if this obama is... could have shut down the drone strike program he didn't do that he left all those expanded war powers open for trump to inherit so the idea that we shouldn't do things the way that right wing does liberals already fucking do all that shit anyway <laughs> you know yeah if not worse in i mean some we cases. need to a- we need like a, a fucking national mobilization, like like the mobilization we had when we were trying to get to the moon first. Like that's the kind of mobilization we need around climate change and, you know, and real concrete 100 percent renewable energy legislation and actions. And well, to act like even if, even if we do that, that's only one third of the pie. Right. Like the 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 fuel for cars and the fuel for you know how you you heat your house um that's still barely making a dent even if we did all of it you know it, it's it would do a lot i mean i, I know i i get what you're yeah. saying but that like i don't want to discourage people from that it would be i i i don't i, I would say we have to we have to do all that but more yeah, we have so to do it all but. it's we if anything you know getting three guys to the moon uh that's like okay that took what a week 
they were there and back. We've got to like imagine trying to get uh, everyone in America back and forth to the moon every day. That's what we're talking about doing here right now. <laughs> That's the level of yeah. change required. Yeah. But it's never going to fucking happen if we don't start doing it, you know, in, in every way that we can. And to act right. like uh, we we don't want to take bold actions like, you know, like by like declaring a state of emergency over over the national security threat of climate change. We, we don't fucking time to debate this. Like this is not like this is not a matter of civility and like 3D chess for the next presidency. Right. Like, well, we, we need to do everything we can within our. But we need to pack this. We got to make it scary. You know, if you want to listen to Trump's thing where he was talking about what a scary emergency crisis is on the border. Well, we've got a, a we've got that crisis, you know, but it's about messaging, bringing it back to the film when they're focus grouping uh, climate change and how they can, you know, change it from global warming to climate change in order to make people not be afraid of it anymore. We got to stop doing that. We got to go back to talking about global fucking warming because it's the climate's not changing for any other reason that then the atmosphere is heating up. It's getting warmer, right? Yeah. So I think the film is really powerful in what it shows us we've got to do on a number of fronts to stop buying this bullshit they're feeding us. The lies that Dick Cheney told us, that Bush told us, that Hillary Clinton told us, they're still telling us those lies today. And so, again, the the film, uh, you know, didn't it win the best picture, the Golden Globes? It wasn't just bailed at one best actor. No, but... no. Fucking Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, that's won. right. For some Fuck that stupid shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But no, you know, and so actually on climate change, though, I've I've said climate change before, at like because I like hear a lot of scientists saying like, look, it doesn't fully describe the situation, and then no. you have uh, idiot. But like, because it, I, I, I'm of two minds about because I agree with you that global warming sounds more serious, but then. It, it doesn't fully explain to idiots who refuse to learn science. We don't need to it, explain what's idiots. actually we happened. We need to fucking take action with the people that actually know what's happening. And so far, those people are not taking action. Uh, the Nancy Pelosi's of the world, who are fine putting people that have taken hundreds of thousands of dollars from the climate from the fucking oil industry, putting them on the climate change committee. Nothing's going to fucking change with yeah. that. Nothing's no, no. Of course not. No, I know. I, I just mean in terms of even explaining to people who might be allies with us in this fight like hey look it's not just that the world's warming up it's like we're gonna have more extreme weather events more extreme uh blizzards more extreme hurricanes more extreme droughts more extreme floods like i i, I just think it it may be a better descriptor but i think maybe in terms of the messaging we want to get across sure they're two different things and i'll use them together as as a cause and effect you know sure. the, the climate change that's being caused by global warming by global right. warming no that's it's, true that's people good, are like yeah, oh that's, that's right that's why it's happening you know the 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 ocean acidification it isn't happening because of global warming it's happening because the oceans are absorbing most of our carbon emissions and it's it's causing the water in the ocean to become more acidic which then decalcifies the the shells of shellfish the very you know the phytoplankton they're the very bottom of the food chain for all life in the ocean going up so you know and we're talking shells that are like microns in thickness right they don't have it doesn't take much to decalcify something that small right so the oceans die or oh, we're killing the entire we ocean. die yeah, no, so, so climate change <laughs> is only one component of our fossil fuel addiction right all that yeah. all that shit goes out in the, all that extra co2 that's being absorbed by trees in the ocean uh, that we're mm -hmm. destroying um that is going to make you know the ocean acidification if that continues is going to make 
climate change look like a a, a warm foot massage by contrast. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're 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 pretty much fucked. But uh, we're pretty much not reviewing the movie anymore. So, uh. <laughs> no, I know. And, and, and whenever we start talking about like the impending doom of of what we're doing to this planet, it's like it, it sucks all the air out of the room. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that like the film did. I feel like the film sucked a lot of air out of the room for a lot of theaters for critics that did not like it. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, well, for that reason, it's you got to tell these um, cer- these truths. You got to remind people of their own history. Um, so, and I, sometimes I kind of feel like, is are we really ready to watch a movie about Dick Cheney? It's like, no, we we need to. This should be shown in in. Uh, you know, in middle schools and high schools, they should have to watch this. Well, I saw that. I saw a lot of critics being like, well, why the, why, what is the point of this movie? Why was this movie made? It's, it's like, because you fucking, I, I almost fucking said something. I shouldn't, you fucking assholes are trying to rehabilitate him in the media and, and people from his fucking crew and the Bush crew, you don't even, you, you act like, like it was fucking ancient history. This was two administrations ago. These people yeah. are still in the fucking White Why? House and in Washington. Exactly, They're monsters. It's a warning. It's a warning like this is going to happen again unless you wake the fuck up. The fact that you're asking the question is proof of why it needs to be made, right? Like if you don't, yeah. if you don't remember this stuff, clearly you need to be reminded. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, um, yeah. So I, I, you know, suffice to say I, I really enjoyed the movie and I thought it uh, – really held up a mirror to anybody uh who still defends fucking george w bush and and that and anyone in that administration and acts like oh gee i would love to you know trump wants to dial down the wars and liberals are losing their fucking minds over it like it's it's trump if you derangement syndrome is real if you're now if you oppose the wars that bush started and you're condemning ralph nader for uh, you know what they claim was getting helping Bush get elected for getting Bush. But elected. now you're defending the fucking illegal wars. He started. What the hell happened to you? We're defending George Bush himself. Like, like somebody that Abby Martin said that there's like, there's people who, who now like and miss George Bush who still don't like Ralph Nader because he gave us George Bush, like fucking wrap your mind around that. For it's, a second. it's just they have no morality they're centrists you they can be pushed in any direction within that little narrow frame between you know msnbc and fox news wherever whatever they are, they're told to think they'll think you know so it's whatever the the corporate agenda is and tells those people to think they're gonna do it yeah i have news for anyone listening to if you still defend barack obama's presidency Beyond just like, sir, I'll defend like I'll say like, oh, no, I I thought the Iran deal was actually one of the good policies he enacted. But if you say I I, overall he was a good president, then you are defending the Bush administration because he did so much to solidify and uh, to expand things that started under the Bush administration, things like the drone program, things like the Bush tax cuts, things like the Patriot Act. Uh, things like not prosecuting any of the fucking no, war criminals from the Bush administration. Completely renewed the Bush Cheney doctrine. It should have been called the Cheney doctrine. Yeah. honestly, we shouldn't call it the Bush doctrine anymore. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, especially that's, after that's after true, this yeah. film. Um, yeah, absolutely. I I wrote an article one time and I just listed every single thing that Obama continued or expanded from the Bush administration, and people are like, "Where are your sources?" I'm like, "There are fucking embedded links in every single one of those." Reality, like, right. <laughs> my source is reality. Do a fucking. I mean, he cursory. Obama search. refused to re-sign the Kyoto Accord. Mm. That's that's like Trump pulls us out of the climate deal, 
And, you know, if anything, Kyoto was more uh, powerful than the Paris deal. They'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we we elect uh, Hillary Clinton and she's like, no, nah, we're not going to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord. It, that, it'd be like the Obama same thing. Obama fucking reopened the Arctic to offshore drilling and then closed it like right before he left office so he could claim – you know, for for political brownie right. points, when Trump reopened it, they could say, "Oh, look, Trump's opening the Arctic to drilling." Yeah, it's been open the entire fucking well, Obama administration. I, I, Where were you? I forget you? the exact line, but there's a little bit of the movie that takes a shot at Obama too, kind of showing the the postscript of Obama getting in office and like t- and continuing the bullshit, right? So I guarantee liberals yeah. did not like that part about this movie either. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's why they all turned on Michael Moore. He did the same thing in 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 Fahrenheit. Oh, I know. Yeah, of course. Which we'll, which we will talk about <clears throat> this month because uh, that that also just yep. came out. Uh, but it's yeah, on the menu overall. <laughs> um, what so what would you give this movie? Uh, I would uh, I would give it four. As of right now, I give it four. Uh, solid four hammer and sickles. Um, you know, it's it's still pretty fresh. I think it's this is the first time we've reviewed something while it's still been in theaters, at least to my memory. Yeah. Uh, very new. And we, of course, we obviously went both went and saw oh, it together in movie. Theaters. No, no, we went together. Yeah. Um, oh no, it's we true, we yeah. crossed the country. We, we absolutely and met did not in uh, New Orleans um, uh, from either side <laughs> of our respective nation to to watch it together. Uh, we, we we are not very good uh, trip planners, by the way. That was not a very efficient way to meet in the middle. Uh, but to, uh, of of our two states no, it was not a very no. smart uh but we did hold um, hands yeah no we totally we did not the watch so that was that's true that's true <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no we totally did not watch any kind of a leaked oscar screener or anything like that and we're not recommending that anyone go and find that leaked oscar screener on the pirate no, bay or anything no. like that well th- um, this feels like a movie where the filmmaker wants it to be seen more than they, they give sure. a shit about i mean he's already made money it's not like he's like oh you're not, not gonna see my movie um, yeah no he's Adam McKay's doing fine. Yeah, he'd seem like he'd be very in favor of a, you know, steal this movie kind of a um, way to get this out there. Uh, You know, and especially with, you know, with the Wall Street movie, like he's got an agenda that's definitely way to the left of liberal Hollywood. Right. And it's it's a shame that a movie like this that condemns Cheney is disliked by liberal Hollywood because you realize liberal Hollywood is really just capitalist, you know, middle of the road Republicans by this point. Yeah. but yeah, so uh, I'll bump it up to a four point two. You know, it's never it's never going to be as classic as Die Hard. The last I think Die Hard's the only thing we've done that gave it a solid five out of five. But um, I think we both gave it five. Yeah. yeah, I mean you can't it's fucking Die Hard. It's like the you watch it thirty years later, it's like it was made yesterday. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, oh, also by the way, I didn't notice. I noticed this in the end credits. Will Ferrell actually produced this movie, and he's uh, he's been actually he's uh, way to the left of most of Hollywood too. He's just more quiet about oh, it. Oh yeah, but Brad Pitt was if you watch producer on this too. Yeah, yeah, him him as well. But if you watch, um, and I highly recommend anyone uh, watch Will Ferrell's uh, one man show uh, where which he does is George Bush. It's on HBO. Um, it's called You're Welcome America. Yeah. He does like an hour and a half like one man show on Broadway. It's basically like a, like a, this, like him telling his life story, but as George W. Bush, there's a lot of really funny, but really like good shit in there about, you know, about the shit, the, the uh, Bush administration actually got away with and the complicit, uh, how complicit the media was and things like that. So that, that's a, re- he's, He's a good one, even though he's not as visible as like some of the other yeah. people yeah. on the left. Well, there was um, – no, I won't get into it. Yeah, I will actually. So uh, have you ever seen the um, 
There was a, a film that Robin Altman did that was just a film adaptation of a stage play that Philip Baker Hall did of Richard Nixon that was a one-man show. Um, Philip Baker Hall, who... That was a really complicated uh, <laughs> description of this movie. Right. So uh, Philip Baker Hall, who you probably remember f- um, from many of the Paul Thomas Anderson films, does a great Richard Nixon uh, and very much is like talking into the camera the whole time. It's a one-man play, right? But he's just sort of making these tapes about all this shit. So it, it definitely, I was reminded of that film uh, when, you know, Cheney sort of breaks the fourth wall and says like, listen up, here's why I did all this shit to fucking, I don't care what you think that, that, that whole thing, very reminiscent yeah. of, um, I can't remember the name of it, but if you IMDB, Robert Altman, it's in there. Um, Cross reference. Is it just called Nixon? No, it's called something else. And I don't remember the name. It's not a good title of it, but I think they just took it straight from the stage play, but Anyway, it's worth watching once. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I, uh, yeah, I'll give this movie four out of five hammer and sickles. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it, it was, yeah, it wasn't the best biopic I've ever seen, but it, it, I, I, I really like a lot of it and I like the, the aim of it, uh, most of all. And I like the fact that it pissed critics off and yeah. typically movies that pissed critics off, uh, that are actually good when you watch them. Uh, there's a reason to piss the critics off. Oh, so. I love the when you open the DVD for Fight Club, it's full of uh, little quotes from reviews of people that hated Fight Club when it came out. Oh, that's it's amazing. Like, even the packaging that. is subversive to, to show how much it was misunderstood, you know? And any movie that, that uh-huh. is panned that much that actually has something to say usually just hit home a little bit too well. Especially about either capitalism in that case or the media uh being horrible like in this case absolutely like any movie that does either of those two things you will you will i can guarantee you they will be uh critiqued in bad faith not just critiqued but critiqued in terms of oh well this movie was poorly made and this script was but like all bullshit like you know if you if a movie contains any of those types of themes, you can bet that you'll see some disingenuous bad faith uh, reviews. Well, and it's so stupid, too. Like, why are you reviewing anything if you can't see your own bias that blatantly? You know, one of the first things I learned in community college, taking darkroom photo class, was how to evaluate your own bias in order to negate it. Mm-hmm. Like, how to see through your biases by understanding where your biases come from in order to more honestly look at something and understand it without feeling butthurt because it might've taken a swipe at people who you think are your friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, not holding my breath. They're going <laughs> to get that lesson anytime soon, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, but so that, uh, about does it for us this week. Um, come back though, Friday for the main show. We have a lot already to talk about uh that this this nonsense trump uh you know racist speech that he gave and then the really goofy as fuck democratic response to it uh and bernie's response we'll get to also so we'll we'll talk about that a couple other things um we're uh of course on soundcloud at soundcloud.com slash move left uh we're on itunes you can rate and uh apple Podcasts. you can rate review and subscribe over there uh, facebook.com slash move left idiots you can go follow us over there and share the feed out we also post memes over there uh teespring we're on teespring we have a merch drive going on right now with a bunch of new merch which you can find at tinyurl.com slash move left merch 
we uh, also have a Patreon now. Uh, if you want to support the show, we're going to be bringing you a lot of new content in the new year. Uh, in addition to our Game of Thrones podcast that we're going to do, we're going to try to start doing Patreon-only uh, mini-sodes about specific topics, but we need to build up enough of a following on Patreon to expand our hosting to the point where we can actually do that. So uh, if you want to support the show that way, you can go to patreon.com slash move left. So uh, what's the name of our spinoff Game of Thrones cast going to be called? Uh, right. As of now, it's going to be called Left of the Throne. I like it. Uh, so like we it. will, yeah, so we will <laughs> probably be recording a preview uh, cast before the season starts to kind of just recap our feelings on the previous seasons and what we expect going into the uh new final season of game of thrones uh so that should be really fun they will keep an eye out for that uh yeah i am on twitter at move underscore left uh and i am on twitter as well at chaos riot 1999 and we will see you friday
As if we wait until we've all been burned to ash To tell the truth about the ship buried in our past We'll split a taxi to the fire pit way down south So let's rise up and open our mouths Cause you remind me that it's harder every year to find I'll be returning mine in no time flat